morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Baer's Moving Markets podcast. It's Thursday, the 13th of April, and my name is Helen Freer. Before we get started today, I just want to tell you about our latest Beyond Markets podcast, which we published yesterday. With everything that's been going on recently, we thought it was a good time to look at the topic of bond investing. And in this episode, my colleagues Roman Frey and Dario Messi explain to Bernadette Anderko why they believe bonds have a vital role to play in diversifying a portfolio. The podcast is called How to Select Bonds in a Challenging Environment, and it's available now on all the usual podcast platforms. And for our German-speaking listeners, there's a German version available on our Marktanalysen und Gespräche channel. Now, back to today's show, where I'm joined by Mathieu Rashte, our Head of Equity Strategy Research. And we're going to talk this morning about why he likes the communications sector. And after that, I'll be speaking to Nicola Jordan, and he'll update us on our CIO's latest thoughts. But first up, let's talk about the latest market news. And for that, I'm happy to be joined this morning by John T. Warris. So good morning, John T. Now, I think we have to start with the CPI data, which we got from the US yesterday. How was this data and what would you highlight there? Good morning, Helen. That's right. Correct. Uh, yesterday, all eyes were firmly fixed on the CPI inflation print. Well, headline CPI came in a little cooler than expected in March and eased to its lowest annual pace in almost two years. Core CPI came out in line with expectations, despite some talk of upside risk into the print. U.S. consumer prices rose by 0.1% in March, just shy of analysts' forecasts of 0.2%, while prices were up 5% year-on-year. The more closely watched core CPI number, which includes food and energy, increased by 0.4%, which was in line with the median estimate. And then later yesterday, the FOMC minutes showed that the fallout from the U.S. banking crisis is likely to tilt the economy into recession later this year. And how did the markets react? And also, what does this mean for the Fed's next move? Well, after a short-lived rally at yesterday's open, US stocks and bonds traded sideways after the CPI print. Yes, inflation moderated, prices are starting to come down, but not by quite enough to stop the Fed from raising interest rates at least once more this year, with market observers placing their bets on a hike in rates by another 25 basis points at the next meeting. Fed officials are having to juggle the need to curb rampant inflation and at the same time stabilise the banking sector. It remains to be seen how investors will be dissecting today's anticipated producer prices report. And what happened in equity markets yesterday? So US equities generally finished lower in trading yesterday, ending their session lows after a late afternoon slide. The S&P 500 edged down 0.2% as the Nasdaq 100 slipped 0.6%. The tech-heavy gauge has fallen in five of its past six sessions, and shares in Alibaba led losses in the tech sector as the Financial Times reported that SoftBank is selling the majority of its stake in the Chinese tech giant. US Treasuries were mostly firmer with some curve steepening, but yields were well off their session lows. The US dollar index was down 0.6%, and in Treasuries, the policy-sensitive two-year Treasury yield tumbled as much as 15 basis points before pairing its drop to trade at 396. The two-year yield was trading at around 398 when I checked a moment ago. And anything to report out of Asia? Well, over in Asia, equity markets are trading fairly muted this Thursday morning. The Nikkei is up by around 0.3%, while the Kospi and the topics are flat. The Hang Seng and the Shenzhen component are trading down, 
and the SGX Nifty is also now trading in the red after the Nifty 50 continued its winning streak yesterday, closing in the green for the last eight consecutive sessions. In commodities, Bitcoin resumed its slide, dipping below $30,000 after hitting its highest level in 10 months on Tuesday. Oil also advanced over the day, while gold finished up 0.3%. Bitcoin futures were down 1.2%, and WTI crude settled up 2.1%, near its highest levels since November. I also saw that the UK Chancellor made some rather bullish comments yesterday. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Sure, yeah. Yesterday, UK Chancellor of the Exchequer, Jeremy Hunt, hinted that an election may be held as soon as spring 2024, when he expects the economy to have turned a corner and returned to growth, and to have inflation firmly under control at 3%. Hunt also criticised comments made by the IMF for being far too pessimistic about the UK after it made comments that the UK is likely to shrink by 0.3% this year, with just 1% growth forecast for 2024. And to finish off then, what can we expect for the day ahead? Well, hot on the heels of yesterday's CPI data, we can expect to see US producer price index data out later today and initial jobless claims. We'll also see Eurozone industrial production data year-on-year for February, along with UK industrial production and Chinese trade balance data. The Bank of England's chief economist, Hugh Pill, will speak about the UK economy and monetary policy later today. And corporate earnings throughout today include supermarket chain Tesco and bioscience firm Christian Hansen. A quick look at the futures board shows that European stocks are poised for a rather mixed start as traders continue to assess the Fed's policy path, while US equity markets are set to open mainly in the green later today. Great. Thanks very much, John T, for the roundup. Mathieu, let's move over to you now. Now, you've recently upgraded the communication sector to overweight. Perhaps you could start by telling us a bit about why the sector has underperformed over the last 12 months. Good morning, Helen. Sure. I just want to start with explaining what is actually defined as communications these days. So broadly speaking, there are two large sub-industries within the sector. The first one being the internet and digital advertising companies, which gained in importance over the past years and make up uh, the majority of the index. And then we still have the legacy telecommunication service companies, which are more defensive in nature. It is especially due to the dismal performance of the internet and digital advertising companies that the sector underperformed the broad market over the past 12 months. What were the reasons for it? The first reason has been a sharp reset in growth expectations as the the digital advertising market has slowed down faster than expected. But not only that, also the rise in bond yields affected the sector over proportionally because communication is regarded as a longer duration sector given the more growth year tilt of the bigger index constituents. So these two factors together have been the key driver why the communication sector underperformed the broad market over the past 12 months. And what are the main rationale then for changing your rating on the sector? So there are multiple uh, reasons for for that, uh, but they are all mostly connected to the earnings outlook of the sector. So first, um, for the large internet and digital advertising companies, our sector analyst thinks we have reached an inflection point in the earnings cycle. So if those companies follow through with the recently announced and also potentially additional cost and capex reductions, 
earnings growth should accelerate from here and lead to a multiple re-rating back to the historical premium over the market. Then secondly, if we look at the other subsector, the traditional telecom operators, we think they offer good value and stability in this challenging uh, economic environment. In addition to that, investors are also compensated by high dividend yields and share buybacks. So if we look at the communication sector overall, the sector actually already went through an earnings recession last year and is expected to deliver superior earnings growth this and also next year. So this year we are looking at 14% of earnings growth for communications compared to zero growth for the broader market. So overall, we think the improvement in this earnings outlook is not yet reflected in relative valuations. So with that in mind, uh, we decided to lift the rating of the communication sector by one notch uh, to overweight. And do you have any regional preferences within the sector? Sure. So uh, within the sector, we recommend focusing on the large cap digital advertising companies in the US. And when it comes to Europe, uh, we have a preference for the more traditional telecom operators. Great. Thank you very much, Mathieu. Nicola, great that you could join us this morning as well. So what's the latest news from the Investment Committee? Yeah, thank you, Helen, and good morning, everyone. Well, there are not too many updates from my side today, as we had some quieter days lately, which is actually quite pleasant after the incredibly volatile ending of the first quarter, I have to say. But we, of course, continue to closely monitor the situation in the banking sector, and we are looking for further potential vulnerabilities or cracks in the system. The private sector credit growth, for example, which nicely absorbed a lot of the Fed's tightening efforts in recent months, is starting to slow meaningfully as banks are forced to tighten their lending standards. So, with the latest inflation data out, it will be even more interesting to see how the Fed will now deal with the trilemma it faces, namely the right balance between inflation, economic activity and financial stability. The risk of a recession in the US has increased substantially as of late, and as mentioned several times already, we believe the Fed has tightened enough and would be well advised to take a break. However, the next FOMC meeting is only taking place at the beginning of May. And as we all know, a lot can happen in the meantime. And how are these uncertainties at the minute then reflected in your portfolios? So at the end of the quarter, we adjusted our bond allocation to make it a bit more defensive and increase our exposure to quality titles without giving up too much yield. On the equity side, we remain slightly overweight for now compared to our strategic asset allocation. The reason is that we continue to see some upside potential in the market in the shorter term future. However, we are prepared to take a more defensive stance should we see signs of a less resilient stock market. In such a case, we could think about reinstating the short mini futures on the S&P 500 to reduce overall portfolio risk, as we did in last autumn, for example. But for now, we think it's too early to do so and remain fully invested. That's already it from my side. Back to you, Helen. Great. Thank you very much, Nicola. So that's all for today. Thank you to our speakers this morning and thank you all for tuning in. Do join us again tomorrow when I'll be joined by our chief economist, David Cole, and we'll get his thoughts on this week's CPI and PPI data. And I'll also be speaking to Manuel Villegas about digital assets. Have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. 
please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Business Leaders is a monthly podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs across the globe. We delve into the details of how they started their careers, their journeys in building businesses, and hear about some of the challenges that they faced along the way. Search for Business Leaders on your favorite podcast player.